Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. The writing has been on the wall since the start of the season, right? When you look at the Bucks' defense, it has been horrible. So bad that when we're watching, when I'm watching the game with my kids, I make them go to bed because I don't want them to see that type of defensive effort. And the fact of the matter is, is that Adrian Griffin never had a voice and never had the locker room from the start of training camp. And now we're seeing this happen. Happen, which is still surprising. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. ESPN NBA uh, analyst Kendrick Perkins earlier today on Sports Center on ESPN Television felt like the writing was on the wall here for Adrian Griffin. Hey, look, Hunter. Two days. There's some actual basketball talk. Who would have thunk it? Yesterday, you had two players scoring 60-plus, and today a coach gets fired. It's almost the natural kind of turning of the tide it, as we're heading into uh, conference championship week. We're like, oh, yeah, basketball exists. <laughs> hey, we we need to prepare ourselves for when football leaves us in a little while. And isn't baseball right around the corner? Like, it kind will of, be. Kind of thinking along those lines. Well, we got the uh, uh, Hall of Famers that were mm-hmm. announced earlier today. A couple of first ballot Hall of Famers we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on in this program. But, yeah, that was uh, that was Kendrick Perkins on SportsCenter uh, earlier today on Adrian Griffin, who um, – the Milwaukee Bucks have the second best record in the East, and still they fire their coach today. Um, and that usually signals one thing. It is championship or bust, and if you don't feel like your cha- your, your team can get to a championship, um, that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. take the chance, get rid of them now, figure out what you got to do after that. Yeah, a small market team like Milwaukee having two mega superstars on the same roster in Giannis and now Dame time, Dame, Damian mm-hmm. Lillard. They can't afford this to be a two, three year drawn out thing. Like what we saw with Brooklyn, right? right. They, they don't have the same sort of flexibility where, Hey, if it don't work out this year, no big deal. We'll regroup. Um, however, however, this is weird. <laughs> Had you know if they're in the West right now, they've got the best record mm-hmm. on, on the Western side. So it, it, I can't help but feel like it's a little unmerited, Josh. Yeah, I think that speaks to pressure. Um, when you bring in Damian Lillard in the off season, then you've got to be really good. Like you're expected to be the best in 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 the East and. Uh, you know, the East is better than what it was before. Uh, we're seeing kind of a changing of the guard now where it used to be the West was the best conference for a long time. Mm. The West is kind of down now. The East has kind of picked it up. But I was saying something to you uh, a little while ago, and I've said it on the air previously. Milwaukee's such this enigmatic team where when they're on, if they're playing defense, um, if Lillard and Giannis are healthy and together, they do indeed look like the best team uh, in the NBA, but they have also had some embarrassing performances. Hmm. And to me, that says lack of effort. And if you have lack of effort in a league where coaches are paid less than the superstars, you're automatically going to turn to the coach and say, why is it that, 
you're not getting the effort that you need from those guys. And immediately the coach is on the chopping block and, and here Adrian Griffin's on the chopping block and mm. well now gone chopped. He's a food yeah. network term <laughs> uh, past tense. Yes. It, it has happened. It has. Um, you, you bring up an interesting point because I, I feel like this, the, the, the closest comparison to this was LeBron on the Cavs where he could snap his fingers and influence the front office to make coaching changes, to make roster moves, uh, free agency. I feel like Giannis has a similar relationship with the Milwaukee front office that this is, I, I, I heard that, that opening soundbite from Kendrick Perkins. And it sounds to me like there's, a bigger issue going on within that locker room where they weren't fully bought in. Because if you put Damian Lillard out there, he's shooting well. He's already hitting game winners this season. And you put in an MVP like Giannis out there, they should automatically just win games regardless of who's at the helm. Um, But if there is signs, little indications that things aren't as smooth, you know, behind the curtain, if you will, then they're going to need to lock that in come playoff time. They had recently, and I think we were in here when it happened. Remember that 40 point loss to the Cavs? When yeah. they lost one thirty five, I think that was on. Our, I think we had it on in the studio. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Was, it was on. It was on a. Um, it was on an uh, ESPN broadcast. Sorry, that's right. ESPN. I want to say TNT. I want to say ESPN. And ESPN. It was, it was in Cleveland. Yes, it was the, the same day we uh, ranted about Tristan Thomas. Or sorry, Tristan Thompson still being in the NBA, the NBA. And he, today he was uh, yeah. faced with a twenty five game suspension. There we go. And <laughs> I, I I thought we were going to get to that with Liz today, saying he's probably in the doghouse <laughs> with Chloe. But uh, that that might be a discussion for another time. We'll we'll wait for that news to hit the E channel, and then we'll hear about it from Liz. Today is the day that we will once again forget Tristan Thompson exists in the NBA. <laughs> Come tomorrow, because I didn't realize until you said it on that day. Well, you know it's bad when the only news about him is uh, if he's using a uh, um, he had a, a frowned upon substance. He had a couple of different things in his system that he wasn't supposed oh, to have. Boy. But yeah, so Adrian Griffin's gone. The emerging candidate, and he hasn't been named a candidate just, or he hasn't been named the coach yet, and we'll see if it happens, is Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has bounced around here in the last couple of years, recently in Boston. Uh, He is uh, ESPN and ABC's lead NBA analyst uh, on their top games. He's supposed to work the finals this year, uh, along with Mike Breen and Doris Burke. Uh, If he takes this job, then obviously... That's not going to happen. He hasn't had a job since Philly, right? Uh, yeah, and that was last year. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Doc Rivers, um, you know, he can coach. We know that. One thing Doc Rivers doesn't necessarily um, do well is win championships, and that's something that's uh, that's a little bit different. But to go from a guy in Adrian Griffin who's never been a head coach – to go to a guy who has coached all, you know, he's been a head coach since the late nineties. He's coached in Orlando, Boston, the Clippers and Philadelphia. He's been a coach of the year. He's one of the 15 greatest coaches in NBA history as awarded by the league tells me that um, they now know what they want. It's like the team. It's like the front office said, we made a mistake 
hiring someone who didn't have head coaching experience hmm. because others have done it. They've gone to former players and those former players have worked here. We tried to do that. This guy didn't inspire anything out of our team. Now we got to fix it and you can't fix it mid season with a Darvin ham. You've got to fix it yeah. mid season with an established name. Or and, Tyron and that, Lou. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, I I see the Doc Rivers thing is needing to bring respect to the locker room mm-hmm. because former players respect guys or excuse me current players respect uh, guys of a certain caliber. Uh, you know F- Phil Jackson is obviously retired. Some of the you know Pop is never going to leave the the Spurs until he retires. When, when you start heading down that avenue of well recognized and respected coaches. Doc is in that conversation, yeah. even regardless of his uh, finals record. Uh, d- to me, to kind of rodeo the egos, the personalities of guys like Giannis, uh, Middleton, and and obviously uh, Damian Lillard, yeah. you, you need someone with that gravitas in that locker room to be able to do that. And I wonder, though. I wonder if he is the guy, because if he is bounced around, I think they expected better of him in Philadelphia. Remember, Philadelphia went trust the process. Yeah. And then they went. They're, they're still trust, trusting. Yeah. They went from trust the process to, OK, let's get rid of Brent Brown. Let's bring in you know Doc Rivers to try to fulfill the prophecy of the process. And it didn't necessarily happen. What has Doc Rivers, by the way, done? Um, he is coached for almost 25 years. He's got one NBA championship, and he's been to the finals twice. He is seven games above 500 as a playoff coach. So that makes me wonder, okay, he's available. Does that mean he's the right guy for the job? I don't know, but he's available. Mm-hmm. It's like um, in the draft. You get to you know sometimes the fifth round, best available player. You take the best available player. Yeah. This is kind of what it feels like with Milwaukee. Best available coach, Doc Rivers. Hmm. And I, with those guys, do you necessarily need a gritty, game-changing uh, master of preparation coach uh, like Spolstra down in Miami? Do, do you need that level of coaching f- to get that group to win? Or is it more kind of like what we've been circling Focusing on those relationships, focusing on getting everybody on a similar bought in vision and then kind of going from there. Because if you ask me, it it's kind of more along those those lines where you don't need to convince those guys to perform. You need them. You need to convince them to play together. That's the thing is especially Giannis and Damian Lillard. Those two more than anybody else, you need to play together yep. because that's why you've got them. Uh, you need Giannis healthy. Uh, you need both kind of, you know, in sync every you, you single need Giannis night. They're playing defense as much as you need him playing offense. Who who plays defense now? There's yeah. in the NBA. I mean, defense is like the mid range jump shot. It's gone. Um, as much as as much as we'd like to still see it, it might be as simple as what coach is going to put us in a best position to win a seven game series against Boston? Because right now. If these guys aren't gritty, if they're not tough, mm-hmm. I'm taking Boston all day. And if you can't beat Boston, I'm sorry, you're not making out it out of the East. Yeah, I, w- I would even just say Boston. I mean, Philadelphia announced, announced itself 
yesterday with Embiid putting up 70. Yep. Um, so you've got to have them in the conversation. I would normally say Miami, but Miami's, you know, five games over 500 in there and in, in six. And I would say watch for a team like, like Indiana. Normally, a team like Milwaukee should be able to, uh, you know, to dominate any team hmm. normally. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of odd to see a team that's 30 and 13 make a change. Um, at this point in the year, but that's uh, that's desperation. And unfortunately, in this league, I think you find more desperation on that end uh, than you do uh, maybe in any other sport when it comes to uh, hiring and firing coaches, with the exception of the Denver uh, Denver Broncos when they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett hmm. after, what was it, 13 games? Yeah, that's right. Uh, with the Denver Broncos a couple of years ago. Uh, you can get in touch with us. Our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. We've got University of Hawaii men's basketball tickets to give away a little bit later on uh, for Hawaii and UC Santa Barbara coming up on Thursday. Uh, if you missed it, we had a call the coach just a little while before we got on the air. Uh, if you missed the replay of the actual show, you can replay the replay of the show uh, online at ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, call the coach on demand so you can check it out there. It was a good conversation between Bobby Curran and uh, Hawaii coach Aron Gannat. So uh, check that out. There are some uh, pretty intriguing questions asked specifically about offense uh, that I thought was really interesting. But uh, Hawaii UC Santa Barbara coming up on Thursday. Uh, we'll give away some tickets to that. Coming up as we uh, go across the program today. Also, uh, coming up in just a little while, Vic Aquino is going to join us from uh, Mountain West Wire. Obviously, the news of the day, or really the last couple of days, uh, San Jose State with the hiring of Ken Niumatololo and Craig Stutzman as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Dave Kawada is going to be with us coming up at about 450 um, there's a, a really good football event, which is coming up, uh, the next couple of weeks over at the Sheraton, uh, Waikiki, an opportunity to get to learn about, uh, the, the new recruits and things like that. So, uh, really good thing we want to tell you about. Dave's going to do that with us coming up, uh, about an hour and a half from right now. Let's get, uh, let's get our first break in. We'll get your texts and more coming up in just a bit. You're listening to off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. You know, um, we've been saying over the last couple of days that uh, there are some surprise University of Hawaii football guests coming up uh, tonight at the student section. 7 o'clock, uh, Autosource Carousel. You can check that out. I learned, I don't, I don't know if it's still supposed to be a surprise. I don't know if we put it out early. I, I doubt it. I'm sure we didn't put it out early. But I can tell you who the uh, now previous surprise UH football guests are. Are you ready? Ready. Well, do you know, first off? I uh, do not know. Okay. Um, first off, Mike Alejado is going to be a guest on the student section tonight. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And then, I wonder uh, if he'll uh, take his sunglasses off that he's inside. Well, they do have a picture on our uh, on uh -huh. our graphic thing that does not have him wearing. Uh, okay, shades. good, good. So it's possible. It's like you with your hat backwards. It's which is still supposed to be a New Year's resolution. Remember that uh, going a week. There have been several times this year already that I have not I, been rocking. I just it. I just haven't seen it. Yes, you have. When? Uh, 
Okay, Josh is getting <laughs> weird and technical right now. No, I'm 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 not being weird and technical. Just when have I when have I seen the uh, the hat forward? Several times this year. Let's just put it that way. But okay, it All is right. still it's we're we're still January. Okay, that's true. Yeah, Christian Perry's the other one. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, kind of neat. You got a, a couple of good University of Hawaii football guests, nice. uh, along with the Tehani Doctor and Aliyah Bantalina, uh, Campbell girls basketball players. That's tonight from seven to eight uh, at the student section. To kind of wrap up the NBA a little bit, um, I, I gotta say I have uh, high praise for uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves head uh, head basketball coach. So remember yesterday, you know, the big thing was Carl Anthony Towns sets the uh, uh, the franchise's scoring record, breaking his uh, his own record. Um, oh yep. And they lost. I mean, they had a double digit lead, and they ultimately lose to the Charlotte Hornets. And I I I watched their head coach after the game, and I got to give him a bunch of credit because the one thing that he was very quick to do it wasn't really about. The scoring record for Carl Anthony Towns, it was more along the lines of um, we played unacceptable defense. And when you give up, when you give up not just 100 points, but it's well over 100 points, um, it, it, it can be really, really bad. Chris Finch uh, is their head coach, and he basically said, yeah, um, our defensive effort was bleep. And I kind of like that. I mean, yep. everybody's going to celebrate. And to a degree, fine. Everybody's going to celebrate scoring 65. Like, I'm willing to celebrate Joel Embiid because he scored 70. That's cool. They won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was a good win. And like I said, I think it it puts the Sixers back in the conversation of, um, hey, we are relevant. Don't forget about us. But I'm not going to celebrate 65 points that went to a loss, especially when... Um, oh, no, it wasn't 65. I'm sorry. It was 62. 65 was what had not happened where you'd have two players scoring 65 twice. It was 62. Yeah. I can't celebrate that when only four of those 62 points came in the fourth quarter. And that's when you gave up the lead. Like, that yeah. to me is like, it, it almost feels like you just scored 10. And you didn't make that much of an impact because your 62 was not enough. I. Again, we weren't able to watch it yesterday, but I'm curious. Thanks, what, NBA TV. I'm curious what happened. I mean, did he just completely blow a tire? You know, he didn't take a lot of shots. He wasn't in foul trouble. I mean, yeah, we didn't really really get to see it all that much, but it's not like, you know, it, it's hard to say. I, I can't We're blaming it the out. Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to give him fruit punch, you and know he got that phlegm in the back of his throat. They should blame the Gatorade on, on Griffin's firing in, uh, mm. in Milwaukee disappearing uh, when it matters most. But, you know, I I think sometimes, like Kobe Bryant and his 81, you recognize because it was greatness. Um, It was instrumental in a game that they played. Um, I want to be careful with scoring, and, you know, because we, numbers are always great. I'm always the one that believes numbers have to be put into perspective. You're a football guy. Yep. If you throw for 400 yards, mm-hmm. but you also throw three interceptions, then should we be celebrating the fact that you threw for 400 yards? No. You play to win the game. Right. Herm Edwards. Yeah. Love Herm. So, 
you know, I I felt like yesterday was kind of like this really fun day. Like, hey, the league exists and there's all this scoring. And, you know, maybe for once the scoring is justified to be talking about. And then I left yesterday and I thought maybe we just uh, spent a little too much time on the scoring and forgot about, you know, they're still playing to win games. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're going to go back to the NBA being in hibernation for a little while until uh, the all-star break. They're uh, exercising their rights to the fullest degree what they can get away with with load management. Yep. And by the way, this was kind of quiet. Was it last weekend or two weekends ago? There was a report that the NBA put out that said load management does nothing. Like It it has no bearing on uh, players' health. And whether players are are less injured based off of the data that they've collected, whatever since data doing they've connect, collected, yeah, has wow. no bearing whatsoever. So then it's just laziness. Um, these players being lazy, or I don't know how much of it is players. I don't know how much of it is coaches that just kind of think, oh yeah, maybe it's better for us down the road if um, if they don't play because we can save them for later in the course of an eighty two game season. It'll be fine. It's got to be connected too with meaningless road games. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to play LeBron whenever they go and play Charlotte, or like or the back to backs. Back to backs is where they do it. But again, I don't, I don't find sympathy in back to backs. By the way, texter from the nine seven nine on uh, uh, on Minnesota. Coach said we played like amateurs. Uh, that that coach being uh, uh, Minnesota's coach, even Carl Anthony Towns himself acknowledged it. Less maturity on their part. Uh, less maturity on their part, which is is true. You can't have that much scoring and be uh, completely immature and lose games like that. Hey, um, we got the playoff edition of Pigskin Picks over at ESPNHonolulu.com. You can play along with us right now. Uh, it is brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. I haven't looked at the final standings of the regular season. I was season. just thinking about that. I think you and I did well. I think so, too. And I think we were in lockstep with our picks almost all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got traffic. Baseball's Hall of Fame sending in three new members. That coming up after Sports Center on ESPN Honolulu. You like you said things are so mean. Mm-hmm. tell me say so things are don't mean. We're like a radio show slash hardware store slash um, computer fixer-upper people. This has been a, a fun show today, and we've only been half an hour in. Also, all of the lights in the studio are off. You know why? It's cooler in here with the lights off. It is. Um, I'm not. And easier on the eyes. Yes. I don't want to be the guy that complains. Too late. But. Um, <laughs> it it gets uncomfortably warm in here mm. um, to the point that if I'm sitting down, I have the tendency to take a little bit of a nap in here when it gets uncomfortably warm. <laughs> and by tendency, pretty often. It's not pretty often. <laughs> it's every every occasionally, not often. I take offense to that. Josh would be sleepy if he was one of the seven dwarfs. Um, not grumpy? No, definitely not. You're you're nicer than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the um the airflow in here um again, I don't want to be that guy. The airflow in here 
makes me sometimes a little less productive. Yeah, How's that? I get it. So both Tanner and I at one point um, after uh, Let's Talk Sports was like, you know what? Let's get some fresh air. Let's just walk out of here. Yep. That was my excuse. I ran into you. Uh, about an hour, 15 minutes before the show because uh, you were kind of hanging around before you were going to get a workout in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to walk and get some lunch, get some fresh air. And you know what came back? The lights were off. And I said, you know, let's keep it that way. And indeed, I don't know how you feel. It is much cooler in here. Mm. But you sound like you're not convinced. No, no, no. I Well, I can't exactly feel a difference with the temperature, but the first thing that I noticed was the ease on my eyes oh, okay because oh, i am hard to look at dude stop it's true no it's it not true I, i'm more speaking on the side of straight fluorescent mm-hmm. coming down directly from the ceiling yeah it's a bit intense <laughs> yeah that's true like w- w- if you ever like come over to my place we have no fluorescent light bulbs okay none like everything is a warm kind of orange light and it makes it feel warm and cozy uh-huh. inside the house. Okay. Light, light really makes a difference. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, um, that's what I was referring to. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, this is this is a different mood. And in the middle of doing this show, we're, um, we're like, fixing monitors. Um, you know, there's one thing that we do, and there's not a lot of people in a room at one time. We are multifaceted people. And uh, and that's what we are between you, me, and uh, and Tanner. We're fixing cameras and monitors and radio shows, aka this one. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked yesterday about the Mountain West and how offensively it's kind of become an interesting conference with some of the hires, right? Um, Nevada is a program that maybe we should pay a little more attention to. Um, Jeff Choate's a, a defensive-minded coach, though. Um, but they had a couple of really interesting commits which we'll get to in a moment um but hawaii did lure away one of their coaches as uh, we're apparently finding out from steven sai of the honolulu star advertiser who says uh, timmy chang confirms anthony arsenal is joining hawaii football as running backs coach uh now arsenal has been in nevada for the last couple of years coaching wide receivers Prior to Nevada, he was coaching UC Davis's wide receivers. And prior to that, um, he did a little bit of everything. He norm chowed at, uh, uh, or well, should I say norm chow? Maybe, maybe it was before him. Um, he was at Southern Utah. He oversaw special teams, inside receivers, and tight ends. So he was a jack of all trades. Nice. Um, but of course. You know what that reads to me? Right. Low budget. Ouch. The school. Oh, the school. Southern Utah. Yeah, Southern, Southern Utah. Utah has a okay. low budget. All right. Now I'm, now I'm, Hi, I'm picking welcome up. Welcome to the <laughs> team. You're going to have three position groups that you're responsible for, and we're going to judge you just as harshly as someone who just has one. Welcome aboard. The cool thing about Anthony Arsenal, by the way, he uh, he's from here. Hmm. He was a coach at St. Louis. Uh, before going on to the uh, the college there it ranks. is. And, see, 
We're picking up what's being put down the here. The Brotherhood. And this is a guy who's got a high ceiling because he was uh, he earned a fellowship from the NFL's uh, Bill Walsh Diversity and Coaching Fellowships hmm. with the Chargers and the Vikings, what, three different times? Played in the AFL, by the way. Nice. That's the that's uh, Arena Football League and in the CFL. So um, it looks like that's another hire um, that maybe we weren't expecting because you may recall when Craig Angelus was on uh, the Craig Angelus show and he said, you know, he had confirmed those three hires and then he kind of said, oh, there, you know, there might be more. And here we are. Um, there's at least one more. So. Kind of instant reaction. Uh, I'm I'm not necessarily expecting that we've got you know the, the the whole world of information in front of us, but kind of your instant reaction to uh, uh, hearing that news. A former St. Louis Crusader coach uh, coming back to coach uh, running backs at the University of Hawaii. And oh, by the way, uh, running backs coach last year yeah. was uh, was Keiki Keiki yeah. Missy Pekka, which I'm. Curious what that means for him, because mm-hmm. uh, I I really like Coach Mespiga. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think some of those logistics, like that's the first thing you asked me. What the first thing is is wondering what's up with him, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I I really do love that guy. Um, had a lot of really good talks this year with him on the sideline, and uh, really good guy. But uh, hearing the St. Louis connection, I'm like ah, ding yeah. ding 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 ding. <laughs> Yeah, the bloodline is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is with anybody connected with that school, and I, I would say it kind of is the same thing. We've got a Punahou grad in the other room, uh, Tanner. Yeah, it's it's the same with each school where if they can get a chance to hire someone at you know a job or a company that also went to that school. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, hey, I. I have nothing to go off of with that from right. where I'm from in Chicago. It It's cool if you went to Lake Zurich High School, which is where I went, but rarely is that going to be a big deal. Let me try to like read. Like it is here. Let me try to read between the lines. And maybe I'm like pushing the, 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 uh, uh, the weeds away to try to read between the lines. If I've got a guy who's coached, he's never technically coached running backs. Um, he's coached receivers more often than not. My question would be, does this say something about offensively what it is that they're kind of looking for? You know, let's say we're, we're, we're hiring a wide receivers coach who's coaching running backs. So we want to make it explicitly important to our running backs on catching the football. Uh, am I reading too far into that? You think? Uh, just because someone hasn't coached that position group doesn't mean that they they True. can't. Um, that was a big thing whenever uh, Craig Stutzman took over quarterbacks at UH was we didn't know if that was going to be a good fit or not, and it ended up being awesome. Right. Um, because he was a receiver in uh, in college and vice versa. Let, let's even just look to Timmy Chang. You know, Timmy Chang was a QB in college and for the most part of his college coaching career, he's had receivers. Mm. Um, and so eventually you, uh, huh, you don't get to build a house until someone lets you build a house. I feel like the quarterback to wide receiver thing, it's not interchangeable, 
but that is the connection that happens more often um, in offenses like these as compared to quarterback running back where it almost feels, and again, you know this a lot better than I do, it almost feels like it is maybe a little more normal that a wide receiver can coach a quarterback uh, because that that connection, that knowledge yeah. it almost has to be in sync and, and vice versa. Yeah, uh, the, the one big difference there is running backs have to be on the same page with blocking. They, it, other than receivers, r- rarely are receivers called to block other than screens. So with that, the running back doubles as pass protection as much as they do an offensive threat. And so they have to be locked in for um, protection shifts and picking up um, blitz and uh, penetration from the defense. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a big part of, of the coaching side. But then there's not much else that I off the top of my head that a running backs coach really is responsible for other than guidance and then allowing those athletes to be themselves. Right. You know, cause a lot of it is letting that, that, that gifted athlete be kind of free to make plays. Get in touch with us at eight Oh eight, two, nine, six, 14, 20. Uh, that's where Paul is standing by Paul. How are you? Hi, Josh. Hi. Um, Hunter, how you guys doing? What's up, Paul? Good, Paul. good, good to hear Tanner. Also, uh, I have a joke. I have three items. Oh no! Uh, well, what do you call a high maintenance UH warrior football player? I'm scared of this one. How funny uh, is it? Uh, a hood. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, get get it. Prada hood. <laughs> you know. Prada hood. Prada. Wow. Oh, he's talking about we, like we'd the, have to change the colors too. He's he's That'd talking be. about like the the and, designer brand yeah, Prada Prada bag. It's hard to hear. You have to see it in print. Um, Paul, Secondly, Paul, real know, fast. Um, Paul, real fast. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing a Gary Dickman? Go ahead. No, but I was actually just trying to click something, and I need the pot up in the other room just so I can uh, I can make my point of what that joke was. <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> You know, as you know, I work, I work mostly from home, but I had to get, I got, I finally got, well, it only took a two days to get my, uh, uh, monitor in. Gosh, I almost cried. I was wincing. You know, those, those prongs you got to get out. Never mind. Uh, okay. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Did you, did you say you almost cried? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> Oh yeah! Hey, how, okay. how cried? How cried out was it? It was so cried out. Lisa, Lisa called and wanted her song back. But let, let me get to this. <laughs> let me get to this. You know, uh, when when Coach Tim came, I thought this was how it was going to be. He was going to corral his St. Louis guys. There's a solution to every problem. I think we're seeing it now. This is good that we're getting um, all of the. Um, uh, you know, and I, I love to hear you guys comments. I think you guys commented about that, but more and more, uh, you know, I think he needs to get more of his St. Louis guys. Uh, secondly, you thought I cried with the monitor. Uh, I'd like your guys' opinion on this. Uh, last night's, uh, you know, we're being honest here. Uh, last night's Iran Gana, I, I ran under the dining room table and I sucked my thumb. thumb. 
okay. Are you Thank okay? You Thank you. No, yeah, I'm perfect. I had one more thing. How many things oh, do you monitor. have? You said you originally had three. Yeah, I had three, yeah. I had the monitor, that's why. You, you gotta, you, you know how it is. You gotta flip it over and you forget you put in the pronged version of the, the, the wiring instead of the HDMI. And you're like, God, where's the tool to unloosen this? And it took a screwdriver because it, the, the, the prongs has, has a, uh, you know, in, in the middle, it has the, uh, what do you call it? The butterfly unscrewing. Anyway, if you remember my topics, please please comment on it because they're important. Oh, um, by God, the way, by, by the oh, way, um, well, one more thing. No, 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 no more oh, things. Yeah. That's enough things, Paul. That is enough things. Thank you for dialing in. By the way, his uh, his knowledge, his knowledge of uh, hardware. I'll give him that at least. Um, other than that, you know, I, I have I don't want to be this guy. But give me your best stuff first. <laughs> so him talking about hiring more St. Louis guys to be a part of the coaching staff for the Brotherhood, make that first. Hmm. Because that got buried within the absolute swamp of lack of funny that was about a minute before that. Give me your best stuff first. That's like us. A block of every hour has to be your best stuff every hour. Well, and then it, it sounded almost like he was disapproving of the St. Louis hires when actually he, he was approving, he was of, approving it. of it. Yeah. Um, By the way, Paul, we're not coming down. We're just giving you some advice on the next time. No. Just um, reshuffle. Uh, no, I'm coming down. Oh, those Josh jokes, is coming those, down. Those jokes were horrible. Um, <laughs> I, I Honestly, I'm coming down on it. Um, but... Let's get to the actual meat of the call, which we had to wait to get to. How do you feel about that? Um, fi- uh, not firing. Hiring more guys that have that St. Louis bloodline, whether it's coaching or playing well, and being a part of that. I get it. But that in and of itself should not equal that you are the right fit for the job. Mm-hmm. In a similar way... The argument that we talked about for athletic director this last year, just (laughs) because you're not from Hawaii doesn't exclude you from being a good fit for the job or the head coaching job. So it's the same sort of manner, like focusing on um, one specific criteria is not, it shouldn't trump everything else, if you will, or uh, way heavier than, than everything else. Uh, I, I would hope that he's a good fit for a lot of other reasons. And then, hey, cherry on top, he also went to St. Louis. Yeah, we have to remember um, that this is not coaching high school football. That's right. Um, you're coaching college athletics. And, and it, it's it's a much bigger brand and a much bigger industry to consider when your blue chip sport your, your, your blue chip product, if you will, from University of Hawaii athletics standpoint, so much is riding on it that there there needs to be that that consideration included. Yeah. And unlike in high school, you're actually paying these coaches. You know, a lot of those coaches in high school, they're working for free. You yep. have it is OK. I don't I don't have a problem 
I mean, here's someone who's got a St. Louis, you know, background, but did go on, coached in FBS football. Um, and you know, it sounds a, like they were probably together in Nevada as well. Um, I think they missed each other okay. because he was there for two years. Timmy's been here for two years. Oh, okay. They so just missed each other. It, it's possible they may have crossed paths for a brief period sure. of time, but um, doesn't mean they don't know each other. Yep. But, but you know, at, at the same time, like, hey, um, you know, it's it's good to have that. But I think at the same time, just say, you know, there, there has to be a little more um, – of, of a balance of, hey, we know these guys. Do they have good college experience? Are there guys that maybe have coached elsewhere that, you know, maybe bring an experience that is beneficial to our student-athletes, even if, let's say, they don't have a, a St. Louis or Bishop Gorman pipeline, let's say, but yeah. maybe they coached it like um, – they're, they're a career college coach that maybe coached at Centennial 25 years ago or something. Whatever brings the kind of experience that makes you better, makes your team better, makes your players better. Hmm. If that means you got a bunch of St. Louis guys who have experience, cool. There you go. Just, I mean, I, I go back to something that Craig Angelus said um, that uh, – I. Oh, man. I go back to something that Craig Angelus said uh, about hiring. He doesn't really get in, in Timmy Chang's way. He gives him kind of the autonomy of that. But as he said, ultimately, it's his responsibility. And, you know, he's got to be accountable for those hires and has to win with them. And so it's a good test of what Timmy sees in a, in a perfect staff. And yeah. we get to find that out. Uh, we'll uh, take a break. Traffic's coming up in nine minutes. Some of your text messages are on the way. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Texter from the 630. Honestly, you guys could have taken three calls worth talking about instead of Paul's call. Look, first off, um, I don't, I don't discriminate on who's calling in. Yeah, uh, I don't care who calls in. We but love once, all our callers. Once you get to the point where it's insufferable, then I'll cut it. But at the same time, I don't want to be in a situation where like, oh, we're we're being like like high maka maka. No, you can't call in. Sorry, you know, if you swear, then it's a little bit different. Um, but. Any education on, on how Paul can get through to us a little bit better, happy to do it. Uh, Brian texts in here. Uh, oh, he said something about here. Hawaii fans are so funny. Wants a coach, coaches with Hawaii ties, complains when coaches have Hawaii ties. In this case, I didn't hear a complaint about coaches with Hawaii ties. But and I and I also don't think um, to Brian's text. I don't think that that's necessarily fair. What I believe sometimes we have to be very careful of is giving more of a voice to maybe a subsection of fans that may be a little more vocal. But I, and I'm I'm all for giving voices to every fan. Um, but sometimes you have to be careful because most fans don't feel like calling into a radio show. They want to be entertained. They don't necessarily want to talk to us. Even Some, friends of mine that uh, listen regularly who uh, have great things to say, I have to really encourage them to call. And many of them don't. That's right. 
Um, even some like they're not, you know, people who just text. And so when I hear wants a coach, coaches with Hawaii ties, complains when coaches have Hawaii ties, I don't know that that's like a, a major section of Hawaii fans. I feel like it's a, a, a small portion of it. Um, that maybe becomes more vocal because maybe we give life to it every time we see a, a text about it. But you, you're a little deeper into the trenches than I am. I am because we do this show every day. I don't think it's accurate that you have a whole bunch of people who you know complain that easily. No, and you know, back to the 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 point of the discussion. Hawaii is a. Uh, jumping off uh, coaching spot yeah. for a lot of people. And for a lot of the, the times, we, we, we have to be happy with grabbing guys from from Hawaii um, past. Sports Center traffic coming up next. Hawaii. Coming up, uh, Vic Aquino, Mountain West Wire, uh, going to join us. Obviously, the uh, San Jose State hires have been uh, much talked about. Uh, we'll get to that coming up in just a little while. For those of you just tuning in, including a uh, listener from the 780 who said, uh, just turned, who's the hire? Anthony Arsenault, uh, running backs coach, new running backs coach at the University of Hawaii football program. Uh, just announced he spent the last two years at Nevada and previously uh, coached at uh, a while back, spent a little bit of time at St. Louis School uh, here in the islands. Walt is hanging out very patiently. Walt, thanks for uh, holding in. How are you? Oh, yeah. Good afternoon, Joshua. Good good afternoon to Hunter. Um, you got to give the, the people like Paul a break, you know. Uh, I don't know what they get against the Hawaii tie, but uh, you ever had the pod ki mao or the pod thai noodle, the shrimp? The shrimp pot tie, very very good. All right, Joshua. I see you later, Hunter. You the bowler, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Thank you for calling, Tanner. Can you no. screen these better? <laughs> that was awesome. <sighs> what <laughs> the pad Thai noodle? I really, really don't know. See, this is what happens. <laughs> This is what happens when I talk about being very open and, uh, um, you know, encouraging because we don't want to be one of those shows that's like, we don't want to hear from you. We don't want to hear from you. And then we get pranked. Um, So UH in announcing the Anthony Arsenault hire, uh, Timmy Chang saying, and I quote, Anthony Arsenault brings value and knowledge of the run and shoot to our program. He's born and raised in the islands, and I'm excited for him uh, to join the Brotherhood, close quote. So, you know, again, um, you know, we're talking about offensive hires that aren't just offensive hires. The Dan Morrison hire, this hire, this is all speaking to the knowledge of the offense and what it sounds like. And I don't know if there's any more to it. It almost seems like a top to bottom. We need to resurface the offensive coaching staff Hmm. in order to get the run and shoot tree down from top to bottom. I could be wrong, but it at least seems like that right now. It it is again I I've, I've said it how however many times now. The run and shoot 
is so niche. How niche is it? Here we go. It is so niche that you can probably count on just a couple of hands the, the amount of coaches that are in FBS college coaching that have experience playing in it or coaching in it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to implement that offensive scheme, you need the guys that know how to coach it. That's why they're they're calling guys like Ryan Bold and, um, and Morrison when they've all but kind of been towards the um, tail end of their coaching careers because yeah. Yeah. they have that richness and history in this offense. Um, or around this this program and the in the type of vibe that Timmy is trying to bring back to this um this football program. Um let's not forget it's called run and shoot for uh-huh. a reason. Uh-huh. And so I I remember uh the, the first game of the year whenever we did um our countdown to kickoff from uh it was Big City Diner Big City, YPO. Th- that's right, from YPO uh, for the Vandy game. Because there was a long delay, and you and I and uh, Coach filled for like two That's hours. That's right, because there, there was there was lightning. We did two hours of nonstop commercial-free radio. And then you, you called me in to uh, just offer some some <laughs> other content because yes. you guys were running out of things to talk about. No, we about. weren't running out of things to talk about. We just kind of felt like you know adding your voice Needed in would have been it up. Yeah, yeah, it would have been good. Because the, the show like doubled in time it did. like that. We went to went to three-hour pregame show. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing it up because when we were watching that game, I remember there was uh, someone in Big City Diner when we were running the ball on like a couple straight plays. He's like, this isn't the run and shoot. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Well, let's not forget that UH has produced some great running backs as well as great receivers mm-hmm. and QBs that the, the running game should influence the passing game and vice versa. That's, that's football one Oh one Oh one. And we, un, unfortunately, and I said that unfortunately because I'm a former quarterback in this system, we don't get to throw it 80 times a game, yeah. even though we would love for that to happen. Right. Uh, you need to establish a running game and that's been an issue the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, a big one. But it's also worth noting, too, when you think back to that game, that wasn't really the run and shoot that we were preparing to see anyway. No. Because we Hawaii wasn't at that point where it was capable of running the run and shoot that it desired until about midway through the year. And then you started to see, oh, light bulb. Okay, now now we recognize this. Yeah. Well, you know, ironically, though, we we hit the gas pedal in the second half of that game and almost beat those guys. That's right. That that was that was awesome, um, but to to that measure, we we have to be able to run the ball better, mm-hmm. and along with that, we we have to be able to block, uh, pass protection and run block get get some push down the field if we want to be successful at all in this conference. That is a concern. The offensive line is it not? I mean, especially after last year and some of the names that have kind of moved on la- after last year. Well. Let, that, that that was also a, another possible reason why I thought maybe Shager would jump in the portal. And we, we know, you know, now that he's going to be our quarterback for 2024. However, my guy got hit a lot. He man. did. He did. Uh, got, got sacked a bunch earlier in the season. And unless you're getting the ball out of your hand on your third step and your first read, it's going to be difficult to 
get you know get anything going on offense, um, especially against defenses that are already kind of sitting back in zone coverage and allowing those five yard little rinky dink throws. You, you you need to be able to get the ball down the field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is um, it is good to um, it, it is good to hear some of this news coming out now, but I think still. Um, we're left with some questions about on both sides of the ball. Um, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? I think now Coach Cakey is one one that we kind of ask about because, um, you know, his name hasn't really come up, and he was coaching running backs, um, you know, just, uh, just last year. Um, Jacob Yoro, his name come, came up, right? Because he was the D.C. Right, and there was... There was talk potentially about him being reassigned. I think one of the things that you'd almost kind of like to know, unless it hasn't been made, a decision hasn't been made yet, is, well, is he reassigned? Yeah. Um, You know, you kind of want to figure some of this out before, you know, the actual national signing day is here. You'd like to get this all kind of tightened up and squared away. Mm -hmm. And even for the fans, I mean, you knew there was going to be some of this change. You didn't know how. You didn't know when you'd find out. I think for fans there, to to some degree, is an encouragement that, um, you know, hey, we're moving. We're we're making some of these important hires. Some of these hires seem to be pretty good. Like we're you know we're we're moving in a good direction. But there's some of these loose ends still that you'd kind of like to know, like, hey, um, what about these individuals? They've been here for a long time. In Coach Euro's case, he's been here for a long time. Um, you know, is does he still have a spot in this program? You know, you, you'd kind of like to, um, you know, close up the loose yet uh, loose ends or at least get some clarification. Because also remember, spring practices are in less than six days, which is super crazy. That was what I was. Go, going to get to oh, is sorry. that spring ball is going to begin before National Letter of Intent Day. Yep. So something that takes up the majority of coaches' uh, focus and attention at this point in the year is going to happen essentially two weeks into spring right. camp. Right. Uh, that that timing is particularly interesting to me. Um, and you know, when you, you think about, you know, what's, you know, what's Yoro doing with some of these other coaches up to, they could very well be fielding phone calls from other, other teams, you yeah. know, and, and other schools around the country, because I would, I doubt that there are other schools having as early of a spring as Hawaii is right now. There's probably a little bit more time on their, um, on their mm-hmm. calendars yeah. than, than Hawaii. And I don't know if it's necessarily been spoken why, you know, UH is bumping up spring practice to essentially February into a little bit of March, because uh, usually it's March into a little bit of April. Um, my only thought is that if you practice hard and someone, God forbid, gets hurt, you do have a greater amount of time to get ready before fall season. Is this an advantage or disadvantage of having spring ball now? Uh, tough to say. Okay. I, 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 I'm not really leaning one way or another. Uh, I would hope that guys like Tylen Hines are ready to go. Um, I would love to see some of 
those guys. I mean, the, the the running back group is one that I am most curious about, along with seeing guys like Micah, um, how he's going to do uh, um, Jonathan, John Chiave Sagapulatele, how he's kind of developing um, you know, that the quarterback group has a lot of interesting stories uh, that 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 I'm going to be looking at. Um, and then our our defense, our, our D line has been also a very um, kind of prominent. If I don't want to call it an issue, but uh, an area of focus. Oh, no doubt um, that, that we have to uh, we have to get better at if we want to compete. You know, speaking of uh, football tonight is a student section at Autosource Carousel. Nice. Uh, right at the uh, iconic corner of uh, uh, K.L. Moku and Kapiolani, right there across from the uh, Planet Fitness and Target there at Ala Moana. And uh, you'll want to listen into this show because uh, we were told before today, surprise uh, University of Hawaii football guests. One of them is Micah Alejado. Uh, the other one is Christian Perry. So listen in tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, Campbell High School is going to be represented as well. A couple of their girls' basketball players will be part of the show. Uh, it's brought to you by um, AutoSource as well as by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. So check that out tonight at 7. Vic Aquino from Mountain West Wire uh, coming up next. Right now we take a look at traffic on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, happy to have Vic Aquino joining us now. Uh, Mountain West Wire as uh, uh, Mountain West making some interesting news here over the last couple of days, especially the uh, head coaching job at San Jose State. And I know Vic has been paying attention that uh, I'm sorry, not Mountain West Wire. SB Nation is where Vic is with, and uh, he joins us now here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Vic, how surprised were you that it was Ken Niamatololo who was named San Jose State's head coach over the weekend? Yeah, honestly, I uh, was surprised because there was a number of names circling around, and uh, for that, you know, for the most of us who follow pretty closely, uh, a bit of a surprise. But you know, as we learn a little bit more about him and Jeff Konya, who's the AD there, it, it makes total sense. I mean, he's looking for a you know a holistic, all experienced kind of guy, and um, yeah, after you dug in a little bit, it, it, everything made sense. You know, definitely after today, after meeting Coach. Uh, Today and, and his family, his wife. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely good all around, and uh, everyone's excited, genuinely excited. So, uh, surprise, but now it's a, it's a nice surprise. <laughs> How much of a contrast is there? I mean, uh, there's there's the obvious. You know, Brent's a little younger, and he's kind of kind of goofy a little bit, and he kind of does things his own way. <laughs> I mean, Ken's yeah. a Ken's a, a veteran who's part of the service academy. I mean, you got to be you you've got to be very very rigid in what you do. Are there more not similarities, but are are there as many kind of opposites as you would think there would be? You know, after all of us taking a crash course and learning as much as we can about Coach uh, Niamatololo, um, we thought there was, but, you know, after now meeting him, hearing him speak, you know, there there isn't, I'll put it two ways, there isn't a step down in terms of the loyalty, the intensity, the emotion that Coach Brennan has. So from like a base, you know, human side of things, Coach the new coach actually has it in spades. I think the difference is definitely the experience. The difference is um, he's not obviously taking a step down in some of the coaching or the new coaches that he's 
hopefully going to employ the first one. Obviously, you know, Chris uh, Stetsman, uh, so he's definitely looking to improve, and that's pretty clear just having with the, with the new OC. Um, players who are staying, definitely there's a couple schools of thought there, you know, the, the ones who are leaving or, you know, obviously entering the transfer portal are, you know, highly loyal to what Coach Brendan did and are probably guessing, probably think, you know, there's nothing that could replace that here now, but definitely not true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's similarities in terms of who they are as a person, as a family person, you know, who's devoted to their wife and their family and the brotherhood. I would say it's a step up, to be honest. Um, but difference, I think, in what he's going to instill offensively, trying to get some of the nuts and bolts. Um, definitely very interesting what the, the spread and shed offense kind of brings about. So um, a lot of us in the writers are all friends, and we, we're all talking, crash coursing on that and talking with the, uh, the new coaches and some of the new players and, and things like that. So it's exciting all around, and there's definitely substance to, to what he's bringing and going to bring along. So um, last thing I'll mention on that, I don't think it's going to be as hard as it was for Coach Brennan when he first started, literally kind of like from scratch. From here, uh, you can definitely see in the sense that, uh, you know, the coach here is going to take off running, you know, hit the ground running. So, yeah. Vic Aquino joining us, SB Nation, uh, covering everything going on in the Mountain West. He's with us here on ESPN Honolulu. Vic, how do you feel like this hire might slate a school like San Jose in terms of the conference as a whole being able to compete with the likes of uh, you know, the, the UNLVs, the, the, the Boise's, the Fresnos. Um, how, how do you see this uh, helping them competitively this coming football season? Another good question. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I guess first thing that strikes me is when you think about what he did at Navy and uh, the very stringent sort of parameters they had to work with, at least academically, but in terms of generally being, a, let's say, a, a smaller, in a sense, smaller team that had to compete against bigger teams and think a lot more regularly than, than maybe even a Mountain West team. So what he's doing in that sense, I think, will address a lot of the uh, initial issues I think people think about when they thought of San Jose State for the last seven years, which is more like a mano a mano, you know, in the trenches kind of thing. And I, I think they'll still have that, but... I think the way Coach K is will address that now is just this kind of unpredictability and, and how you can spread out these defenses with what he's bringing in. And kind of like right now I'm looking at Coach Stutzman and, and his style. So I, I, I think they'll be competitive, you know, to say the least. I think now it's who he's going to keep and retain and bring in as far as new blood is in terms of recruit recruiting and, and, uh, and some of the rest of his coaching staff. Um, but, yeah, my gut – Obviously, being you know a San Jose State you know supporter in that sense, you always kind of think on the optimization side. But realistically, you know, I think they could definitely be competitive um, off the gate, you know, versus what Coach Brendan had in his first year in 2017, which was very very tough for the first two three years, trying to convince uh, this cultural change that that needed to happen in the school back then. So it's pretty well instilled in the school now in terms of the players coming in and families coming in. Um, you kind of know what to expect and feel when you come on campus. And, and it's not just a football program. It's all throughout the, the sports programs and what, what, what's been doing, what's been doing the last few years. Hey Vic, I got about 30 seconds here. Um, how do, how do you think this 
helps the recruiting effort uh, or changes the way San Jose State looks at recruiting? Yeah, I mean, one of the probably second things I noticed right off was the recruiting intensities of the vaciousness of, of what he what coach does. Um, I think you'll see a lot of – so the Bay Area is a very diverse area. I kind of almost even jokingly call it the second Hawaii, you know, the, what, what Brennan has brought here in that brotherhood and the aloha spirit. That's where Coach Niamatololo kind of even steps it up even further. So I think the interest is going to increase. I, I think the uh, just from what in the coaches he's bringing in. So I know there's a lot of people dropping off, but no one's talking about the people staying and why they're staying and some of the new recruits that will be coming in. So hopefully we'll be hearing about that in the next few weeks and hearing more why, what's going to happen. And, I, so, and definitely the recruiting will get better and better. So that, that's almost a given, at least from what I see from being close in orbit. Vic, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you, guys. All right, Vic, Vic Aquino, SB Nation, uh, covering Mountain West. Uh, he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we'll get traffic in here. Uh, we get Sports Center on, on the, the way after that. Let's react to that a little bit uh, on what he was saying. That's coming up next. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Coming up a little bit later in the show, I have a complaint about, here Here goes me. Oh, boy. Streaming services. <laughs> From the guy who's like, hey, get used to it. I have one complaint about it. Uh, that coming up in uh, just a little while. Let's recap, Hunter. We were talking to Vic Aquino um, from uh, SB Nation, covers the Mountain West, covers San Jose State. And a couple of things that I took away from from what he said, and I want to get your, your feelings on it as well. First off, um, Brent Brennan made Ken Niamatololo's job a little easier is what I took away mm-hmm. from that. His hard work, his um fundraising his ability to do a whole lot of things himself has kind of actually made the job of the next head coach and in this case of a veteran head coach um a bit easier to do which i mean if i'm another program i'm a little worried because san jose state who might be an afterthought to some uh does not have to be an afterthought now because you've got a guy with a foundation already who knows how to build on foundations and Ken Niamatololo is kind of perfect for that when it comes to recruiting. Totally. Uh, I I would agree wholeheartedly to that. I think Brent Brennan has complete, um, I guess you'd say like not say, but he, he can fully, adopt the transformation of that program and and claim that that, that that's what yeah. i meant to say it's, yeah. it's a feather in his cap mm-hmm. um and and to that degree ken is able to come in here and stand on the floor that coach brennan helped elevate this is not a program that's in shambles it's one that's on solid footing and you're able to kind of jump in there in a very kind of opportune time right, right now right. Um, because uh, Coach Brennan's uh, going to greener pastures. So I don't know. I I, I, I like what, what, what he had to say. However, I, I there, there was one thing he, he talked about with, with size where I don't know if the size is all that different 
going, you know, in terms of the players that you're able to recruit, that, that there is a little bit of restrictions and maybe not everybody would is choosing to go play for a service academy, um, especially in this new era of college football that we find ourselves in. But we we had just as much trouble playing against the the um, the service academy schools as much as we've had to you know play San Jose. Right. So uh, size wise, they're they're still Division One, and they they put a competitive team on the field just about every year. If anything, I mean, you're going to find guys. He's going to find guys that um, they can mold into leaders. It will probably look like a no nonsense program there at uh, at San Jose State, and we're reminded too, like. Playing the service academies is not going to feel like what it is now, as long as the offense is is totally different. But the mold, the mold of the athlete, you know, probably won't change. I mean, San Jose State did take a step back because they did have Chuba Purdy, who was uh, committed to the program. Um, you know, he reneged on that. I think when when Brent Brennan left, and of course Chuba Purdy now um, has committed to Nevada. Hmm. That's uh, Brock's brother, by the way. In case oh, you're wondering. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I think there's some questions at quarterback. Nick Nash, who played quarterback for a little while and then became a full-time wide receiver, yep. he just entered the portal uh, within the last 48 hours. So I think there's some questions on that. Um, but if you're one of those undecided individuals and you're like, hey, that's I, I, I know that guy. And then you know that guy in, in Craig Stutzman and all the accolades behind him, it probably makes it easier. And, and the other thing I was thinking, too, is, this is not like a direct recruiting threat to Hawaii. Not like it wasn't ever before, but it feels like even more of a direct threat now that you've got a former Hawaii quarterback, yep. you've got a former Hawaii wide receiver, you've got a competing style of offense. Two former assistant coaches at UH. And you've got experience on one side versus growing experience, but it's not the same on the other it feels like this is now like a, not a heated battle, but it, it feels like um, the recruiting competition just got picked up a notch. Yeah. And something similar that you brought up yesterday that I kind of want to expand on a little okay. bit. I think this is Coach Stutz's first opportunity to have complete ownership of an offense. I, I think each other's step of the way it's kind of been running either Rolo's offense or you know the run and shoot that this is his first real opportunity to have something that's completely his own mm-hmm. have completely ownership over it um I'm very curious as a, a former player of his to see kind of uh what that looks like what this um uh, spread and shred. <laughs> I, I I loved how he brought that up and he the, did, yeah, in the uh, the, the call today. Uh, what that kind of looks like and the success that they're able to to garner and it it really, I, man. In terms of local connections or uh, local recruits that have a chance at going Division One, I, I I don't really see there being more of a direct competition within the Mountain West than San Jose State. I don't know why spread and shred is making me think of bagels. Mm. I, I don't know why. Anyway, um, I also think with Craig, because I said yesterday that if he's if he succeeds here, I think his next move is a head coaching move. Yeah. Um, but who's not to say Ken Niamatololo could be the kind of coach that is is there for a couple of years 
and then says, hey, um, if we're successful, I want to put a plan in place where when I'm done, I want to hand the keys to, uh, to, to, to Craig. I mean, he's 58 years old, so he's not old. Um, but it feels like it, no offense, because he's been doing it for a long time. Not because he looks old. He's just We're just so used to talking about him as a head coach. Yeah. That if he decides he's there for maybe five years and starts thinking, all right, um, I want to spend some time with family here in the islands. Craig Stutzman's been doing a great job. He is, you could consider him a head coach in waiting. I would not be surprised if something like that eventually is put in place if San Jose State's successful. Yeah. And then you could have Craig Stutzman coaching in this league. And you know what? I think this actually has a little bit of a reflection on Timmy Chang a little bit. Um, I would love, 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 love if we have a good year this year. Let, let's say we make it back to a bowl game, uh-huh. that they take a good long look at what San Jose is paying coach Ken and say, why can't we pay that to Timmy Chang? Especially if UH is on the upward trend and looking to potentially turn a program around it, at least emotionally from where we were the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, we, we need to be more on the competitive side with compensation for our coach and, and not on the bottom, the bottom dwelling of our conference. They didn't, by the way, announce the terms of the deal, uh, but it is a five-year deal that uh, Ken Yamatsalolo is getting. Um, Brent Brennan, if I recall correctly, Brent Brennan was making over a million dollars at at San Jose State. Yep. And that, I think, is going to be tough. Um, do I agree that Hawaii needs to be um, more... Uh, I guess you could say um, the ability because he, he made two point three mil in twenty twenty three retention payment of six hundred thousand dollars. So he made four times as much as Timmy Chang did, yep. uh, or four times as much as Timmy Chang will make this year. I don't know how Hawaii ever gets to that point, and I don't know what it would take to get there. Um, and because of that, you multiple conference championships well, probably. Maybe. Unfortunately. I don't know. If you're around 600000 now, you don't just jump from like 600000 to 2.3 mil in, in two years without some kind of major bump in funding. And then, you know, for those of people that want to complain, oh, we need more funding, we need more this. Well, um, you've got a track and soccer facility that needs to be built. They're obviously looking at ways to, um, you know, bring in find practice fields. Um, they've got to work on facilities. So it's like, all right, um, what are you going to prioritize? Paying a coach somewhere over a million dollars or sprucing up your facilities that, you know, could use some sprucing up. Like, how do you – you can't do it all. I Not agree. here. Yep. So what do you do first to show that you are a destination? So pay first, facilities later. Yes. Okay. You need the you need the captain of the ship before you figure out what type of a ship that you're, you're sailing. To me, captain of the ship creates culture. Captain of the ship – is the thing that brings the players here. We have no problem recruiting right now. Mm. We are bringing, uh, maybe not Alabama, uh, you know, blue chip power five players here, but in terms of guys that are going to play group of five mountain West style of football, we can grab those guys. We're, we're, we're bringing um, division one caliber 
student athletes from schools like Bishop Gorman that have other schools knocking at their door because of relationships, because of the Polynesian connection, because of the culture that is being cultivated by this coaching staff and Timmy Chang as that captain. So to me, for longevity, the last time it was done really, really well was longevity with June Jones being here. We need to find the reason to keep the next June Jones here for the long haul. So even if a lot of the facility stuff doesn't have anything to do with football, even if it has nothing to do with football, you're still saying prioritize, prioritize bumping up the salary for a football head coach before all of the other projects there. To me, avoid the this cyclical process of bringing in a new coach every four or five years. Uh-huh. We have to break free from that mold. To me, that is way more important than a state-of-the-art training facility. Hawaii it's already state of the art because of its because of its climate. Like I would rather us push that off if we really are going to nickel and dime for the sake of keeping a coach here for the long haul. Okay. Uh texter from the 233 says uh, after the criticism of coach Max salary and what how that was received because he made over 1 million dollars yep. I believe. I don't foresee a UH football coach making over a mill unless there's heavy private donors subsidizing Chow it. did. Did he make over a million dollars? Yep. Um, Pretty sure. And even that, I mean, um, if you think about it, like, you'd still get, uh, you know, frustration over that. Uh, Norm Chow made uh, $550,000 in his contract year. So actually... Um, he did not get uh he did not get a million dollars apparently. Okay. Um he had school owed him three hundred thousand dollars as a buyout. This is from USA Today back in twenty fifteen. They owed him a bunch of money, uh five hundred fifty thousand dollars salary for his contract year. So that probably sounds like what the high end of it was after you know X amount of time. Still, I mean if you think about it, that's that's less than Timmy Chang's making now. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the likelihood of a board of regents cause it's going to take, but it, Mac, Mac got to glean in the sun of the Jones era. He did shortly after the success of the 07 season. So if, if we can put together a couple of good years and head in that direction and get some um, positivity and some momentum going in the program's favor that that money should follow. You know what that was too, was when you go into the BCS, you yeah. get more money coming into your Big program time. from playing in the BCS. I mean, it goes to your conference, you get a good lion's share of it. And then, you know, it's the like rest San Diego state up. benefiting with getting to the final four. Right. So you've got all this extra money to play with that. Now you can be like, all right, uh, we'll have given it to June Jones, but he's gone. So coach Mac, here you go. Here's, you know, $1 million per year. Now prove that you deserve that. Um, without having that with, without Hawaii, you know, not playing in a Mountain West championship or not playing, um, you know, in a college football playoff or even not playing in a, in a men's basketball tournament where you have extra money flowing in from your conference stuff. 
without that, it it makes it harder to go to the board of regents or go to without, the legislature without direct private funding. Yeah. Yep. But it's easier for them to say, "All right, we can we can give money to redo the dorms." They need work. Um hmm. we can we can give money for some of these um you know, some of these facility projects. We can do that. But it makes it harder to be like, hey, we can give Timmy Chang nine hundred thousand dollars. Let's not let's not even say a million. Let's say nine hundred thousand. And Texter's right. How many heavy private donors though do you have? We don't even know if there's anybody that really steps up for NIL. That's right. This fictitious collective. Right. Well, I mean, it's there. It's just, I mean, how much is there really? I did see uh, for women's basketball, by the way, some. Uh, Kelsey My shirts. I wonder if that's part of the collective because nice. you had a whole bunch of people wearing them. Uh, Dave Kawada is going to join us next. Good event for uh, Hawaii football in Nakoa coming up. We'll tell you about that after traffic. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, let's spend a couple of minutes with uh, Dave Kawada, the voice of Rainbow Wahine basketball on ESPN Honolulu and also the president of Ahahui Koa Anue Nue and executive director of the Na Koa Football Club. And we bring in Dave, one, just because Dave's a good guy and I like talking to Dave. Uh, but two, there's an event coming up in uh, 15 days, if my math is correct, at the uh, Sheraton Waikiki. Uh, Dave, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. That was the most Hawaiian words probably you said within a 30-second span all put together. So I'm glad I could create that opportunity for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I let Josh handle all of the correct pronunciations. Yeah, and he did it quite well. But anyway, um, yeah, so we have this big event. Now, I'm glad you guys are going to have one of our uh, – uh, kind of the guests of our event coming up. It's a national letter of intent dinner for the UH football program put on by the Nakoa Football Club, kind of an annual event. February 7th is the date of the event. It also coincides with the regular signing period for recruits. But as everyone knows, there's an early signing period. So Hawaii has had a really good early signing period. And we're going to have three of those uh, new signees at this event, one of them being uh, Micah Alejado, the quarterback out of Bishop Gorman, who played in the Polynesian Bowl. So um, it's a great way for fans to kind of be a part of this and get kind of the first look, if you will, at the new recruits. The coaching staff will be there, and they'll make a film presentation with highlights of these new guys. And I think it adds to the excitement that we have some very good new coaches in the coaching staff. You'll get a chance to meet them, as well as some of the current players on the roster that will join us as well. So you have a couple of new recruits, some of the current players, the new coaches, and it'll be a, a nice, fun event over at the Sheraton. You know, and one of the things that you're doing as well is you're not just celebrating the, the new recruits, but you're celebrating people that have been uh, so instrumental to the program. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so we started this new thing called the Legacy Members, and these are guys that, you know, through years of not only just being a part and a supporter of football, but, you know, being active. They're not just in it two years out, come back with the team wins, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> These guys have been involved with supporting universal football and very active in their support. So they're, we're recognizing these three guys 
Many of you know Don Murphy mm-hmm. of Murphy's Bar and Grill. He started and the Murphy's Pigskin Pickout, which is a big fundraiser for UH football as well as for the Hawaii Bowl. And he really just rolled up his sleeves and started that on his own. And, you know, it's been a couple of decades, going on a third decade now doing that fundraiser. Um, also, Bob Akinaka, who started a, a engineering firm, but he was one of the original NACOA members when he, Alec Waterhouse, Ed Wong, and the late coach Bob Wagner said, we needed a Brewster group to raise money for football. And he is one of the original guys, and he's a board member today. And the third person, Mike Lum, probably the second wave of members of NACOS, a great historian of the program, a volunteer photographer. And talk about a dedicated fan. Since he was a young kid when his dad, Mike Lum, was a director of bands at the University of Hawaii, he has been going to University of Hawaii football games since the 60s, and he has only missed 11 home games in that wow. span. Wow. Um, so if that ain't dedication, I don't know what is. That is. Um, how can people get in touch as far as uh, maybe getting a table or, or being there at the event? Yeah, so best way is go to nakoa.org, N-A-K-O-A.org, and we have an events tab, and it, that'll take you right into where you can pay for an individual ticket, buy a table if you win, bring you know a table of 10, bring your guests, bring people from your work, and come and celebrate and support University of Hawaii football. Hey, by the way, I got 20 seconds here. Are you guys behind the uh, the pledge program that was announced today? Um, No. Oh. Well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, and I'm just... That's it's the performance-based micro fundraising campaign. Uh, we'll you know we'll talk about it uh, a little bit more later. Oh on. yeah 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 oh. yeah. That's you're just using a fancier word than I was uh, accustomed to. So um, yeah, we, we're part of that. That's something new. Uh, another great way to support UH athletics. Dave, I will uh, run into you soon. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got to talk more about that pledge program a little bit later on. Sports Center traffic coming up. It's off the bench. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. If we were to go to WrestleMania, right. and it was Paul Heyman managing Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, facing The Rock, the People's Champion, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment, the People's Champ, the People's Choice, and he's got a manager. And Stephen A. Smith, Don't do it. let's hear what that WrestleMania promo would sound like. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Yes. I like that idea. I would have to do Off that. the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Did you know Stephen, Stephen A. Smith is a daytime show actor. Like, you know, those soap operas. Stephen A. Smith is an actor in soap operas. Well, he's, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised because everything that, the outlandish things that he throws out there, it's got to be scripted. Or it's got to be dramatic. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that Stephen A. Smith, who was known as Brick on General Hospital, Google search, um, was able to pull something like that off. Now, you you know my lack of wrestling knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're actually, you know, I'm 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 trying to learn you're getting better. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm trying to learn for for the purpose of conversation on this show uh and just I I find it 
incredibly funny, okay. actually. Like, I don't know why. I watch old wrestling stuff, and I can't stop laughing. Okay. Or laughing because it's funny or laughing because it's stupid? A, a little bit of both. Okay. Like, like the, uh, the the night that WWE came here, the same night that I got my scholarship. Oh, yeah. The, that guy that does yes, he like... Daniel point, Bryan. That guy, name. he points up and gets the whole crowd yelling yes. Yeah. That made me laugh so hard. I don't know why. And I think it is because it's so stupid. But... <laughs> Um, the, what 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 got you a scholarship is so stupid. It, it, how stupid is it? Um, no, no, no. It, I'm not dogging the industry. I'm just saying that those little moments. It it's it's delightfully dumb. It's delightfully dumb. Uh, and yeah. so along those lines, I have to ask just because I don't know anything about this. Okay. I, I know that's how, what the Rock says. Do you do you smell what the Rock is cooking? If you smell, what if rock you smell, is. thank yeah. you. See, I, I didn't even get it right. Sorry, I'm a wrestling Th- that's guy. That's okay, and so. that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Can The Rock cook? I don't know. See, that's not okay. What? If th- that's his catchphrase, the, 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 I want to know what The Rock's cooking. He's cooking a beatdown. Okay, but there's got to be a connection with food. Why? I'm just letting you know. As someone who knows nothing, to me, I immediately think food. I don't think he he's gonna he's gonna beat beat me up. And how is a rock associated with cooking? He just came up with a clever line and decided to use it, and it stuck. All right, it's it's creating a character that allowed him to use that line that everybody just soaked up because they love that line and they repeat it. Okay, you're no fun. Don't even start. <laughs> Don't even start with me. We know who takes up that role on this show. This is true. Okay. This is true. All right. If, if, if one segment of the thousands that we've done, if I can occupy that for you, I'll, I'll be happy to. Okay. Where I was going with this was if you had to have somebody in your corner, mm. a hype man in Ooh, your corner, fine. like Stephen A. Smith yep. would be the quote-unquote hype man to the rock. It's not happening. Or Paul Heyman is the manager of Roman Reigns. I guess it's not hype man. It's more manager, the person that goes with you to your your event. In this case, we're talking about wrestling, but mm. you, let's say, uh, the person that goes with you as your manager to your um your your kids clinics mm. and is there to to back you and support you and um you know even talk a little trash who is that person mm. can i give you a couple that are coming to mind right now sure why not cuz we didn't prep for this okay um i think kevin hart <laughs> Just because he's hilarious. And you're taller than him. There so we go. That you, helps. Uh, okay. That helps. I'm also taller than Kevin Hart. There we probably. go. Well, I should check that. I should I, could, I should fact check that. That's uh, that's very low-hanging fruit. <laughs> and I mean that both uh, metaphorically and, and Kevin and Hart's 5'2". Yeah. I am my definitely guy, taller than Kevin Hart. My guy is not tall. All right. Um, Sorry. I needed, to, I needed validation for that. Okay. That's one of them. Okay. Uh, I think Sandler would be a really funny hype man. Adam Sandler. Sandler would be just funny okay and a good guy to have around he'd probably jump in and and play whatever sport we're, we're playing um and then the third one i'm gonna keep it in wrestling rick flair okay Woo! okay 
How do you not get hyped with the with yeah. the howl? Um, you know, at, at this stage in his life, he he's probably only got a certain amount of howls left. Yes. Before so a heart he needs, attack. He, he needs to choose. Well, by the way, he does have an energy drink, which oh, yeah. is, he's, it's, it's, I think it's called the Woo it's Energy be. Drink, which to me, uh, Ric Flair is how old right now? Yeah. Um, I would not suggest, and this is coming, Ric Flair is 74. Yeah. I am almost there's half a, his age, and I number. drink energy drinks. Yeah. One a day, no more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, he just sips on it. I Yeah, I would not suggest that a 74-year-old drinks an energy drink. Also, put Ric Flair on the side. Woo! Is a great name for an energy drink. It is. That's a great name. Yeah, it's called Woo Energy. How many O's? Five. There we go. <laughs> Again, um, had to uh, uh, had to go and Google search that. Uh-huh. The uh, the secret ingredient, and this is according to Muscle and Health, so this must be true. Hmm. Mushroom elixir. Okay. Does this change your mind on whether you would have this energy drink? No. Uh, m- mushrooms are kind of the new uh, hot ingredient uh, for a lot of things. Um, a lot of people are switching from coffee. Uh-huh. For uh, a mushroom alternative, um, so that 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 doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, this is uh, Jeremy from the six one four. Should Hunter ask the Rock what he is cooking in the ring? <laughs> Answer: Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I would I would love to get the stare. Then and then you start asking him, and then he goes, "It doesn't matter what you want to know." Yep. Um, Eddie says, I stopped watching wrestling for 20 plus years, just got back into it. Still stupidly entertaining. Yeah. And then he says, Josh, acknowledge me. Eddie, you are acknowledged. You're acknowledged, my friend. This is a wrestling thing that's going on currently. I don't know how much you're watching. Oh, acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Oh, yes. okay. It's uh, one of the heel things. Uh, heel means uh, you are not liked. Um, you are the bad guy. And it's okay. from, uh, from Roman Reigns. Ah, acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Gotcha. Um... I have one person, and I know this individual's listening, or I think he's still listening. Okay. If I needed a hype man. Oh, I know I know who it's going to be. Who? Our baseball coach. I actually hadn't thought about him, but that, that's a good one. I, I hadn't thought about him. That's a good one. If I needed to go to a, if I needed to go to a manager's meeting yeah. right now, uh-huh. and I needed someone in my corner fighting for my department. Yeah. Yeah, Rich Hill's a guy. Rich Hill, maybe. Um, but I have one other guy. I think this person's still listening. Arnold Martinez. Oh, coach, yeah. Arnold Martinez would be my guy. He texted me earlier. Okay, coach. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he would be the no-brainer because you know what? People won't mess with him. Um, Certainly brings the energy. Energy. Uh, he knows leadership. He, he knows also how to push knows pretty buttons. much everybody in any room. Yes. So... Good chance he knows somebody in whatever room that you walk into. Absolutely. Now, I have, and I wasn't meaning to go here, but looking at the time I have on the clock here, I think it's probably the only place I get to do this. I have a bone to pick because today um, there was some news on that front. Mm. Um, We've talked about in football how there were a lot of people that were upset because there was um, a streaming only playoff game. Oh yeah. Like, you know, chiefs and dolphins was only on Peacock. So uh, I think Cole Mouseoff is listening. Uh, I'm going to out him for a moment. He bought the Peacock subscription um, the next day 
uh, or the day of he ended it. That's a but, good reminder. I need to end my Peacock yeah. subscription. But, I mean, you paid for the month. I know. So you still have the month. That's yeah. what he did to watch um, you know, the, the uh, Dolphins, the Dolphins game. game, Yep. which um, uh, he watched while he was working at uh, uh, our pregame show at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. You know, hey, go figure. Not not tattling on him or anything. but um, Do what you can. Yeah. I mean, those same people probably forgot you have NFL games every Thursday on uh, uh, Prime Video. And uh, they probably forget that there was a game that was on Peacock on a Saturday during the regular season. I didn't hear anybody complaining about that. So being a wrestling guy um, that has not actually watched as much, I pay attention, but I don't really watch as much. I just don't have the bandwidth and the time to do it. Um, They announced that one of the signature shows of the WWE is moving to Netflix. So WWE Raw, which has always been on Monday nights. I like that. You do? Okay. So... I'll let you finish your oh, yeah. thing. So it was at one point considered the longest weekly episodic television show in, uh, in in history because it was on every Monday for like years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. It was like battling the Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. Um, their contracts are expiring, and today they announced that their deal is with Netflix. So the show, which has been on TV for decades, will no longer be on TV, and the only way you can watch it is with a Netflix subscription – and apparently, if you have a Netflix subscription for this, they have limited commercials. Love it. For the actual show. Love it. Um, so you actually like this? Yeah. Okay. I don't have cable. <laughs> Josh is fighting tooth and nail to not cut the wire. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, and part of it is they don't have um, – there's no other way unless you get – it's either Spectrum or Hawaiian Telecom that has Spectrum Sports. So yeah. if you're a UH fan, that's the only way that you can catch UH Sports on television. Um, I have been waiting, and I don't know if this is going to happen. And by the way, our number is 808-296-1420. In LA, um, they have the Spectrum Sports – Spectrum Sportsnet is what it is. It's the Lakers channel. And they kind of tailored to those that are cutting the cord – to you could buy um they call it over the top so you can cut your cord and get rid of cable but you can buy the spectrum channels for the lakers okay. and i think for the dodgers for like x amount a month and so you get what you want out of that from them without having to have the entire cable package okay and i'm waiting if they'll to see if they'll ever do it here and then kind of make up my mind, huh, what should I what should I do? Because part of, I mean, Spectrum has UH. And so I can't I don't want to leave that because I need all the UH content that that they have. Yep. They produce it really well. And so I don't ever want to leave it. Um and and that's why I have not cut the cord because they have UH and yep. I cannot go it's without important. watching UH content. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of part of our job. We, we need to know it's part of our what's job going on. Um, they don't, they don't foot the bill for it, but, yep. uh, you know, it is part of the job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to like what you were describing about WWE, I'm, uh, trying to get acknowledged. So me having Netflix, I guess I can now. How, how is that? Was that proper? Um, no, no, no. Okay. Um, oh, how about, Hey, Netflix, acknowledge me. That's better. There we go. It's better. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's just it's going to be weird. At some point, I'm going to have to figure out how many of these subscription services am I going to actually pay for? Because right now I have I have the Disney bundle. Yep. Uh, which has been good for me on planes yep. because uh, I can catch up on some Star Wars shows, Dude. Uh, which is you know MVP like stuff there. Um, I think I have Apple TV Plus because I had it for Ted Lasso and then I've been using it for baseball. Did you finish Ted Lasso? No. Oh, bro, keep going. I will. I, it's it's been it's a while. One of the best ever. I I really mean that wholeheartedly. It. I was a mess when that thing ended. Really, I, a mess. I haven't. <laughs> I, we're still in some ways getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I movies and TV shows actually move me to tears, and that one ruined me. Wow, it was powerful. Yeah, highly, highly support that one. See, I don't, I don't have Peacock. I don't have um, Netflix. I don't really have a reason to have any of those. And so for me. I don't know if that is a reason for me to start spending money and already already raising prices on streaming services. Like I feel like I'm good with two, and I need to stop there. I don't know how many you have. How many? How many do you have? Um. Well, ones that I personally pay yes. for. Yeah. One. Okay. Which one is that? Peacock, which okay. I'm about to cancel. Oh. And if you want to. Uh, include Amazon in there too, but, oh, okay. but uh, the the other ones uh, I screen share with my family. <laughs> hey, uh, Netflix on line one. Yeah, uh, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, well, it's yeah. it's my my direct family, okay. so it, it's not like it's someone else. All right, just just letting you know, Netflix called, and I, I have one little circle like on the the. You select the user or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's got my name. Oh, okay. Under it. So you're like so, an yeah. actual Call Netflix. They're like, yeah, you're good, Hunter. By the way, um, Coach is listening, and uh, what's up, Coach? He, he says I would hype you up, and you would run through a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also need to go to the hospital after running through the brick wall, but I would. <laughs> if Coach asked me to run through a brick wall, I would. I would put my life on the line. Oh, that's that's high praise. Because we, we all know, at least th- those connected with ESPN Honolulu, Josh don't like running through a whole lot of brick walls, at least physically. So I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I literally can't. Getting him to do anything physically risky, uh, Coach, that's high praise. Look, I am very conservative. Um, and I know we got to take a break here because I've taken this way too long. I love it. I have never, I have never undergone a surgery in my life. Hmm. Uh, I've never broken a bone. I, I'm I am that conservative, and you came out looking like the baby Jesus. I did, um, and maybe that's why I have not broken a bone in my life. I have, I have the uh, the almighty healing powers or almighty protection. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I I I can't do that. I'd like to keep my streak of if I'm going to a doctor or a hospital, it's for non-surgical reasons. I'd like to leave it at that. Uh, Hey, we are uh, brought to you by Kahala. They are the original Aloha shirt since uh, 1936. Upgrade your island style. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. Coach says he would train me up first. Um, Good luck. Uh, It's off the bench traffic right here at ESPN Honolulu.
All right, a couple quick texts. We think there's breaking news, but there may not be breaking news when it comes to the uh, Milwaukee coaching search, which started today because they fired their head coach after 43 games. Uh, Texter from the 208. Paul Bearer or Jimmy Hart, guys, would help when needed. So if we needed a a hype person or a manager, look to one of those two guys. Those are legends. Um, And if you're a student, Tanner, pay attention, student version of Peacock is $199 a month. That's like, that's what... Um, How do I qualify for student rates forever? A 75% discount on the regular one, like the lowest tiered version. Yeah. That's uh, that that's pretty good. Uh, coming up after SportsCenter, um, Hall of Fame yes. announced three candidates today. I wanted to get into this all day. I know you did, and that's why we're going to do that coming up in just a little bit. Also, don't forget, uh, coming up tonight... We've got the student section at the Autosource Carousel uh, just across from Ala Moana's Planet Fitness and Target. Uh, Micah Alejado, Christian Perry among the UH football guests. Plus, you've got uh, uh, Tehani Doctor and uh, Leah Bantolina from Campbell Girls Basketball. They'll be there as well. So check it out tonight at 7 on ESPN Honolulu. Thanks to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Traffic and Sports Center next. Final words coming up in uh, just a little while. Uh, you know what we haven't done? We have had uh, so much fun today that we just kind of um, just didn't give away our pair of tickets uh, for the uh, UC Santa Barbara game on Thursday night. Although, I just ruined it because we have one pair, and I just acted like we forgot even though we still have the, the next 20 minutes. So I could have just played it off as stand by we have tickets <laughs> instead i ruined the whole thing by saying oh we kind of forgot um stand by men's basketball tickets for hawaii and uc santa barbara <laughs> coming up between now and the end of the show here uh on espn honolulu all right uh one of the things that is uh, kind of eating at you today hunter the um, baseball hall of fame class announced today hey we actually have three people uh who were nominated for the hall of fame class Plus, uh, Jim Leland. He was uh, voted in by the Contemporary Baseball Era Non-Players Committee uh, back in December. The three players, Joe Maurer, a mm-hmm. uh, long time with the Minnesota Twins, catcher. catcher, ended up playing first base toward the end of his career. Todd Helton, um, a uh, longtime Colorado Rocky, great hitter. Yep. Um, and then I, uh, uh, Adrian Beltre, who yep. played for uh, several teams. I think of him more as a Dodger and a Ranger. Uh, third highest war ever among third basemen in a 21-year career. War being wins against replacement, by the way. Um, those three get in. Uh, Gary Sheffield did not, so he will not be an all-star because that was his last year on the ballot. Um but not, not uh, be a Hall of Famer. He will not be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. You have 10 years if you have enough votes, and he was at 63.9%. So uh, he fell uh, fairly short. But you've got a complaint about the uh, Hall of Fame uh, voting process. It um, There's probably never a perfect right way of going about taking on something like the Hall of Fame. And each governing body is different 
when you look at the different major sports. However, it correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not wanting to throw stones specifically at the Baseball Writers Association of America. Okay. okay? I'm more just wanting to present that we need to progress in some areas. Okay. So one of the criteria here is you need to have bare minimum 75% voting in your favor for you to be inducted into, into the hall. Um, yeah. There have been players in the past miss out because they were 74.5%. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I get that there, there's a line, but then the, the almost also um, just as infuriating part about this governing body is that these baseball writers have the gall to vote against all-time great players, to not include them on their ballots. For instance, Ken Griffey Jr. He was not a unanimous First ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Another one. Derek Jeter. Not a unanimous player. The only unanimous player ever selected for the Hall of Fame, Mariano Rivera. In the history of Hall of Fame voting. To me, I have an issue with that. I have an issue with these guys who have never played big league baseball getting to have that kind of power. And I know it's a historical thing, and I know that baseball is America's pastime. I'm pre- presenting the thought of including former big league managers on the list of people that get to vote. Because th- there needs to be people who have real-world playing or managing experience to weigh in on the deciding factor here. Because to me, you're giving power to people that honestly should not be given it in something that has a great deal of significance. I think – so let me, let me backtrack here. You yeah. have a problem with the 75%. Um, I do have a, a, a problem with 75%. What should if, it be? I, I think you should make it 50. Well, we'd be putting in people left and right if it's 50. If you're – if you're being not everybody is even named. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's even named to this to be considered. Right. If you get close, I feel like you sh- you should get in. I you know, I I do have my issues with And then I have an hall. issue with people voting against people that should be unanimous. That to me is ludicrous. That there someone would vote against Jeter. Yeah. Or someone would vote against a Ken Griffey Jr. Like, or uh, historical guys. Johnny Bench was not uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, technically, Babe Ruth was not a unanimous Hall of Famer. Lou Gehrig, Honus Wagner, like pillars of the game of baseball. And people literally did not put them on their ballot. I'm presenting the extremes here to poke at the potential flaws in the way that it has it, it has been governed throughout history. It's always bugged me. Yeah. I mean, at least they got in. I mean, granted, yeah, I, I get it. It, it looks kind of bad that, hey, you know, not everybody um, 
not everybody thought that they were a first ballot Hall of Famer or something to that degree. But at, at least they got in. Nick Canepa, I believe, was the voter uh, that did not vote him in. And by the way, um, for all of the nonsense that we give those mm-hmm. voters, I do credit some of them because you don't have to make your vote public. There is a website that tabulates all of the public votes okay. um, that people put up. They put their ballots online, and they, you know, they own it. They own it if they, um, you know, they don't give someone a vote, or historically from year to year they gave a vote to someone that they didn't last year, or something along those lines. Like I, I credit those people um, because it's kind of a thankless job. Yes, I do think that there needs to be some updating to. Um, you know the you know those who vote. I yeah. do believe that if you are no longer in a working capacity, I believe you should not have a vote. Yep. Um, Why not include um, every living member of the Hall of Fame in that list too? If you're in, you should get to vote. Maybe. I'm open to that. I, I Similar am, to the Heisman. I am against um, – I, I am open to that. I, I am against current managers and those voting because I don't – you don't want to let, like, bias enter in the vote. Sure. I, I think it, it was it would have been more on, like, retired managers. Right. Um, still, there's – I think there's there's bias. But either way. Um, Which, to I think, me, is the reason why people would vote against someone like Jeter. <laughs> if you don't like the Yankees or if you didn't like him. But from a playing perspective, it it that is that is mindless to me that someone would not include him. Here's the other thing to that, and I and maybe this isn't fair to um, you know whoever voted, but you're it, you don't have like unlimited amount of votes. Like yep. on your ballot, you have I think you can vote up to ten, and this is another thing that's kind of weird with Hall of Fame voting is there is weirdly kind of a strategy to it. Yep. Um, you can believe that someone who's entering his first year as a Hall of Fame candidate may not be good enough now, not because of their body of work, but the body of work of everybody else's. Of, of, of that Of the rest of the class. Yeah, that year's class. Um, you know, and all the, 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 the holdovers from previous – but when you look at maybe two years later, you think, oh, okay, you know what? With everybody else in this class, this person fits in the 10 votes or whatever it is that, that you would give them. Um, the whole notion of first ballot Hall of Famer versus he got it on his final try you know, does make it look weird. Yeah. But I think that's, that's what makes it hard um, because, frankly, you have to make a decision on – Okay, if you use all your votes, who do you leave out? Hmm. And that can be hard. I did also see here, um, this is back in 2016 on MLB.com, that they um, they didn't, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get in because they wanted to, quote unquote, protect the legacy of the past voters who never allowed anyone in unanimously. So take it for what it is. Does it need an overhaul? Sure. Yes. Um, if, if the game that is being played here modernly right now can get an overhaul, the way that they elect future Hall of Famers can certainly get an overhaul as well. Yeah. I think, um, 
at, at least you have three going in this year. Remember several years ago, there was zero? Yeah. And it was a stain because you had guys who were in the running who had, um, you know, they, they, they had uh, issues with PEDs and stuff. And it, it kind of messed with there. There are the old timers, I, I believe, the moralists you know, that vote that believe, yeah, forget their numbers. Uh, we don't believe they should qualify because of what they were believed to have done or what they were found to have done. That's why A Rod's not there. Yep. That's why Sosa's not there. That's I why think, Bonds isn't there. Well, and to, to, to that measure, because of the records that are associated with that, and even, I'd throw Pete in there as well, mm-hmm. there needs to be an asterisk section of the Hall of Fame. There has to be. To honor these records that probably are never going to be broken, rather than just act as if these guys don't exist, there, there should be a separate section, but still include their achievements to the game of baseball. That There has to be. Texter from the 208, who gets in first? Well, actually, the answer, I think, is none. None of these guys are eligible. Uh, Bonds or A-Rod? Bonds. Yeah, I would agree. And it's not close. Yeah. Um, Barry Bonds' numbers, and I've, I've said this many times. The dude was an animal. Yeah. He was really, really good. For two decades. He used to be a stolen base machine way back when. He was a gold glover. Yeah. And uh, the I think he was multiple member of the 4040 club, wasn't he? You're probably right. I think he was. Um, Barry Bonds, his eligibility expired for a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez um, is on the ballot. He only got 34.8% of the Hall of Fame vote. Um, it was Billy Wagner who just missed. He was at 73.8%. Uh, Gary Sheffield in his final year on the ballot, 63.9%. So Gary Sheffield will will no longer be a Hall of so Fame. So that will not be a Hall of Famer. So that that's the thing where it just seems like the nature of of baseball and it's not always connected because Hall of Fame and World Series is is not necessarily connected, but right. they are connected in terms of the historical record of the game of baseball. And to that measure it feels a little high maka maka and okay. a little bit um uh i i don't to 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 me like they they will allow some things to slide and they won't let other things slide that the fact that they haven't stripped the astros of their world series rings when they were certainly found to have cheated blows my mind and yet they will keep guys who have Big time historical records connected with the game of baseball out of the Hall of Fame. It it it, it doesn't make any sense. To and that's me. where you remember the differences. Major League Baseball doesn't run the Baseball Hall of Fame, I, and I get that. Yeah, but from a historical um, from from a historical record standpoint, because the, those Astros will go down as World Champions for that season. Yeah, it's it's allowed it's allowed to happen. So to, to me, uh. It all could be changed if they if they modify the selection process a little bit and and put it in hands with people who have actually played the game. There is that last run you could potentially have is the contemporary baseball era non players committee mm. that votes in December. So you do have I think there's a legends committee too. Uh, I believe no legends committee is the NFL. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, they also have a. Um, um, they have a baseball has a media award as well. Um, you know, they they get uh, 
certain baseball broadcasters or stuff get inducted every year uh, at the same time at the, uh, the, the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right. Um, let's give away those men's basketball tickets. Hawaii and UC Santa Barbara coming up on Thursday. Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. If you're caller number five, you'll pick up those tickets at 808-296-1420. So we'll do that now. And while we do that, um, we will get you our M. Dyer Global scoreboard, which is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. If you're a top 25 team today, um, it's been tough for you. Uh, Oklahoma ranked in the top 25 today. Uh, they went down at home. To, to horns t- down. That is that is right. Uh, Texas would beat Oklahoma. Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, was there, by the way. Hmm. They'll be in the SEC. Um, Making next sure year. no horns were being put down. Right. Number four, <laughs> Houston, and number 21, BYU, in a battle. 66 62, Houston, 438 to go. That game is on ESPN. Uh, you know what's not a battle right now? Zach Eady and Purdue gobbling up Michigan. 87 54 with the 414 to play. It's a good thing that's not on television. Uh, that is your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. We'll tell you who won the basketball tickets, get you traffic, and uh, your final words. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. I would tell you we have a winner for uh, University of Hawaii men's basketball tickets. But the guy who called and technically was caller number five, um, did not qualify because folks listen up. You cannot have one within the last 30 days. So, and, and guess what? We keep track. We're good at that. So, um, since nobody won, let's try it again. Uh, call her number five at eight Oh eight, two, nine, six, 14, 20 round two for those men's basketball tickets. Uh, with Hawaii and uh, UC Santa Barbara. Um, let's see, a couple things here before we get to final words today. Uh, we were talking about subscription services earlier because uh, we had mentioned uh, WWE, one of their shows is going to Netflix yeah. and uh, some of the complaints out there about how um, you know people were complaining because an NFL playoff game was on, uh, was on streaming only. Uh, Texter says, uh, for all you Trekkies, this is from the 223, Subscribe to Paramount Plus, mm. and I am a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. Um, I will admit I was borrowing somebody's uh, Paramount Plus account to watch uh, Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. Hey, Star Trek, uh, I am a Trekkie more than I am a Star Wars guy. Um, I appreciate both. They're very different, mm-hmm. uh, but it is worth it. Also, um, you, know, you get to watch the Super Bowl there, um, so that's that's kind of neat. So uh, there's that uh, if you if we need to start ranking services and then um, one more here. Uh, we were talking about Hall of Fame stuff. Texter from the 765 says, look at the NFL. They have a minimum which dilutes the award, a minimum to get in, not a not a maximum. Well, you can't have a maximum. Yeah, um, N- not a cutoff. Right. But w- once you hit that minimum, then you're in. Yeah, I like that so much better. Dion was correct in suggesting there should be an elite NFL division, but this texter mm-hmm. believes that a minimum dilutes the award. I agree. You know, and there's an upper echelon of of guys in the Hall of Fame than someone just who squeaks in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, ironic that you brought up Dion because my final words are 
connected with Dion. Well, let's segue that then. Uh, your final words, Hunter. Uh, I try to steer clear from Dion news as much as I can, but I, I had to comment on this. Um, Dion defended his sons for missing a Colorado team meeting mm. to walk in a fashion show in Paris. <laughs> He continued and said, any young man on our team that has a dream, a goal, or aspiration, I allow them to go and fulfill it, not just my sons. Um, how do you say BS in another uh, more political way? Hogwash? Yeah. Yeah, right. Baloney? Baloney. Th that, that is just... Ludicrous, says the guy who made the in, basically the entire Colorado roster jump in the transfer portal whenever he became the coach. Did he afford that the same freedom to those guys who were just trying to continue their their playing days and play college football? No, they they did not. I I, I couldn't. I have so many questions to ask Coach Thurman at spring practice what that was like playing or being around that that environment because no I don't agree with that at all yeah I Dion can say the right things all he wants but we know that um those right things can easily be refuted really fast I would love to see a former player you know anybody who entered the portal yep. or left Colorado I'd love to see if someone said yeah um I never got that same opportunity because I'm not Shadur Sanders. And they asked me to jump in the portal. Right. Um, that's the one thing that's going to damage Dion. Um, at some point, Dion's going to run himself into his own trouble because it's not like nobody thinks already that Dion Sanders is, uh, um, you know, favoritism toward his players and others is is real. But he just doesn't hide it very well. Like, come on, do a better job of it. If it's true, hide it better. Uh, my final words today. Uh, last night, uh, call the coach with Iran Gannat from Ruby Tuesday at the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Um, I want to give credit to Iran. Uh, he was asked some tough questions, and I want to give credit to Bobby as well. He did ask some mm -hmm. tough questions about how do you turn things around, you know, Noel Coleman, how do you get him going, things like that. And um, I I have a lot of respect for Coach uh, taking some of that and uh, and owning it and I, I really appreciated that opportunity for him um you know to kind of take that and he didn't run away from it and and didn't put any blame on anybody else other than himself and his staff you know it's saturday after the uc san diego game uh, we didn't get to talk to him after the game we just kind of ran out of time and he he didn't come out and he apologized because, you know, I, I never not want to not talk and, and whatever. And I think you're, you're fine. You know, he wasn't hiding from anything. And that's not what Coach Gannat does. He doesn't hide from from criticism. So, you know, I was, I was listening to it last night and we replayed it earlier. I want to give Coach Gannat credit. Hmm. This is a rough year, uh, but I, I like that he didn't shy away from stuff. We'll see you tomorrow.